We laugh. We cry. We learn. But really, what doesn't kill you makes you better at managing clients and everyone. I'm Morgan Friedman, and this is Client Horror Stories. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of our new podcast, Client Horror Stories. And I'm honored to have Rachel Smith from England with me uh, with me today with a, with a great and a story with some good lessons that she was just telling about. Let's jump right in. Rachel, happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yes, this this one client is is probably it's probably about four or five years ago. And looking back now, there probably were some huge warning signs, but at the time you don't really see it, but it has um helped me recognize the signs for next time. Hopefully there isn't a next, next time. time. Um, you, you want was, to make different you want to make different mistakes in the future not the same mistake over yeah, the and different over. mistakes is fine <laughs> just not the same <laughs> mistakes um this is a classic story of um other people in the business or agency where you work at who um like ceos or managing directors who because they run the business think they know the jobs inside out of every single person in the department um so obviously it was a digital marketing agency this guy thought he could build a website he thought he could run a successful ppc campaign uh so, like all at the same so, time so the, so the the ceo of the agency or the client yeah sorry the ceo of the agency yeah. that i worked at um he, he thought he could do everything basically and as we know being a ppc'er or you know in social media it's a job within itself that's why we yes that's why we exist That's why they're um, yeah exactly and it was this long legacy client which is probably the first warning flag if it's such a, a legacy client you know maybe pay attention to some of the strong relationships that have already been built with other people in the agency if you're new to the project and this client was having meetings with I feel like, just want to interrupt for a second. Something I've seen in my experience is it's often the longest clients that get the least love from agencies. So, um, so like I, I, it feels like agencies often take for granted clients that have that that have been uh, been around for uh, been around forever, and over time give them less uh, less and less. So that's already a sign, knowing that it's been a long time legacy client. Have, have you noticed this pattern too? That's really interesting because I wonder. I don't know if it's maybe a very British thing on our side, but like the legacy clients who want a really low management fee are probably actually the ones that are massively over-serviced because they have been such a legacy client that they're, they're so terrified of them going elsewhere that it's, and you've also got stuck in your routine, you know, their management fees haven't yeah. been increased along with new clients coming on board and they're very demanding and there may have been a relationship there before, like they were at the same men's club together, whatever. Um, but I think it's quite a British, maybe it's quite a British thing that these... They went to the guys, same men's club thing. It's definitely a British thing because the Americans yeah. don't really do that. <laughs> maybe it is then because they kind of like, they don't want to upset the apple cart, if you will, with people who've been with them for so long um, and actually probably suck up the most time and are therefore the most unprofitable. Um, and But we're far too British to say anything. <laughs> Like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, have have all our time, it's fine. No, no, we'll do it for free. It's probably... <laughs> there's, there's a version of client heart stories we can do just for the UK, where everyone is so nice and so respectful, no one actually figures out what the problems are until it's too late. <laughs> that would be really, yeah, that would be so funny. It's, I remember, it's, it's not digital marketing related, but I remember it was um, an article about Americans who had been watching the Great British Bake Off. They were like, this is a competition, but you're helping each other. I'm like, yes, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's like a whole other universe. It's it's a, yeah, it's, um, I don't really, now I've said it out loud, it's ridiculous, it's true, and it's ridiculous. Um. But yeah, this um, that was probably the first warning sign that there was, uh, you know, because we were new to um, 
my team were new to doing PPCs for this client and the senior members of the agency were having um, meetings with this client but not having anybody who is doing the digital marketing within the meeting. So at first we were kind of like, well, maybe it's just, you know, maybe one of those, a meeting about a meeting, they're probably just, you know, having a good old chat and not actually doing anything. We'll be invited to the next meeting. Um, and we just so found- we really By the way, that, like, that's, that's already a warning sign. Like if your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss is meeting clients without you and you're the person, you're the account manager working on it that's that's when the light yellow flag starts turning deep yellow yeah exactly so, so question when when those when the boss's boss's boss started meeting with the client without you like overstepping you did you at that time voice say hey i want to attend the meetings or uh, uh i think i think the first time or so that it happened um, I, I remember seeing the client leave and I was like, oh, Mr. Jones was here, fake name. Um, that's another thing, because my surname's Smith. If my husband and I check in at a hotel, say, yes, it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith, everybody always <laughs> thinks we're having an affair and that it's not actually real. Um, my friends. So um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jones, for example, I, was like, I didn't realise he was in. Um, you know, is there something that I should should have I not been invited did I miss something no 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 it's fine don't worry about it uh, we'll catch up about it oh okay then you know because I was told you know like don't worry you know we'll, we'll speak to you about it I kind of didn't really I don't know I just I believed so, it I'm, you believe you know. it. So, so this is actually an interesting situation because often when when I'm doing having done a dozen client horror stories interviews now it's usually the client is being crazy but here like we we have you haven't told me anything about the client but it seems like your boss is is acting fishy so there's at least some internal issue go, 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 going on yeah definitely and I don't think it was anything it wasn't anything malicious I don't think I think it was oh I didn't really think about that you know it was kind of like come on that was a bit obvious that you know we should have been well obviously as we get through to the story it wasn't done I mean there were elements or points at times where I did think is this being done to trip us up or or to right. trip me up but then it was a very very high value client and I don't think you know looking back now I don't it wasn't done to trip us up but it did cross your mind at times because what was happening just seemed so bonkers and so illogical just didn't make sense i think i'm going to start using the word bonkers in my vocabulary <laughs> so okay so okay so this weird meeting happened between the boss's boss's boss that you should have been in and you were he said okay oh i'll catch you up on it later did he catch you up on it later or no no okay so no, the weirdest so I carried on kind of like business as usual, yes. doing what I was doing, obviously, ultimately, at the end of the day, getting the best return on investment for his ad spend, because unless there's something specific like uh, a CPA target or, you know, obviously getting the most bang for your buck is the most logical and what normally clients want. Yes. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> so wrong, <laughs> which just sounds ridiculous. Um, but I, the next thing that happened was I delivered the monthly mm -hmm. report, um, and just say for argument's sake that the mark, the PPC spend was a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars. It wasn't, it was much, much, much higher, but just for, just for example, easy math, um, right? Just for easy math. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'd spent <laughs> easy math, like, easy maths. Because in England they say maths, not math. Maths, we do, we do. You'll have to do a tally, and at the end, when you do back editing, see how many um, Britishisms I come out with that I don't realise are. <laughs> and in the podcast, you have like a ding every time I say one. Ding. <laughs> we have like a thought bubble, Bat oh, like Batman and Robin style. <laughs> yes. Bingo. Brilliant. 
Um, so just say, for example, I, I think it was around like £960 that I'd spent out of the £1,000 budget. Obviously, you should always try and spend the budget as long as you're getting the best return on investment. Or if there's a particular month where you're prepared to take more of a loss because of competition or, or whatever, stuff that's been pre-agreed. And yes. I was like, like, I was pulled in. I was like, Rachel, why, um, why haven't you spent all of the budget? well I have more or less you know it's not like I'd spent 500 pounds or you know something significant you got almost you're you're at like 99 percent of the budget yeah exactly and they were like was that looking at the report hmm okay well can you try and spend the budget next time yeah of course I like I always will but I want to make sure they're not making a loss and then it was just a bit of a weird conversation I was brought brought into the office and then but but um, I, I I, I want to observe what's what's also weird about that is if you know anything about running Google ad campaigns, it's kind of impossible to target like to the exact number uh, because like every Google says every, every day they, they, they can go up to X percent over uh, over. So you never you, you can never get it exactly to that one zero 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 number. Mm. It's, it's impossible. I mean, there've been impossible. times where I've, I've looked at the spend and it's going, oh, it's got spent 990 pounds and 99 pence and felt it quite, you know, oh, it's quite satisfying actually that I've got that close, just pure fluke. Um, and the, the, again, the, the manager who was talking to me, he was like, well, I've run Facebook ads before. So uh, I know that you can spend the budget. And I was like, well, there's your first mistake because Facebook has lifetime budgets. Whereas I know there is some weird, it's, it just doesn't work as well like that for Google ads. You know, it's, you know, you work it out on a monthly basis. You can alter your ads depending on um, ad spend based on what's left, but it's just, it's, it's now impossible to spend to the penny. Um, and he was like, well, I disagree with you. And that was another flag. Cause I'm Ooh. like, I'm like, who's the expert here? And within this same set of so, campaigns, gone. So, so it's interesting. So this is so these slides so, so far. It's it's all it's all with your boss, and it's. I want to make the general observation: the rules and how the good ways to work with your clients. It's identical to working with your boss. Like in a way, your boss is your client. So, uh, yeah. so 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 this is a bit of a client boss story, but it's it's the same lessons. So th th this is great. This is great. And um, I thought it was a bit like, oh, like, okay, but I don't really want to sort of, I, I tried to sort of like stress my point and, you know, gent like gently educate him, but he wasn't having any of it. So I came out of this meeting a bit like perplexed. I was like, that, that, did that just happen? That didn't really seem to make much sense. And then I think it was the next month, um, uh, I'd spent near enough the budget, but before that, next report came out my manager had had another meeting with this client but over the phone and and with, 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 with without you inviting so there was another secret, another secret meeting yeah this time this one followed up with some notes just some typed up notes and it said please make sure you spend all of the budget in bold like highlighted so like this is really important I was like okay so the next month came and I think I spent something like 990. Like, you know, it was it was so close again. Um, and next thing I know, I'm being dragged into a meeting with my manager and he's having a go at me about the ad spend. And I was like, are we really talking about this? Um, 10 pounds off, $10 off, you know, is it really that much of an issue? Yes, well, I've agreed with the client that the most important thing and the most important strategy that is that they spend their budget to the penny. And I was like, so this is my overall KPI? Yes. Well, that's been agreed without me? Yes. So the KPI is literally spend the budget? Yes. <laughs> so there's ultimately the book stops with so you know he was you know 
as much as I tried and tried to be professional, you know, educate him, at the end of the day, he was like, no, this is it. And I stressed my concern in reply to that email because I think it's really important to have a paper trail of everything. Um, agreed, agreed. I try not to come across as really uh, like passive aggressive or anything like that. I just reply, you know, thanks so much for just letting us catch up now. I'm just putting an email just for both our benefits, what we spoke about, just so, um, you know, if we ever need to refer to it again. And I, and I wrote everything down. And so, nothing so two, that- two comments on that. One, I love the meeting notes. It's of, of the core Morgan processes of how to work in a healthy way. I obsessively write down and share everything. It just, it, people always misremember things. And this funny thing happens in the human mind when people misremember things, it's always to your own advantage and the other person's detriment. So, so doing real time shared notes is is amazingly powerful and avoids so, so, so many, so many confusions. I also want to make another point about your boss's attitude on this, on this issue. I feel like there, there's a difference between how you treat a professional and how you treat a technician. Like the technician is the one where you say, come in and do this little thing, this little thing, this little, little thing. The pipe is broken, go fix it like this. Uh, but the professional is more the person whose advice you listen to. Hey, I have this problem. Help me figure out how to solve it and then go solve it. So it feels like, like you were you hired to be a professional, uh, but he was treating you like, like the little technician. So, so this is one of the sources of the of the disconnect yeah definitely and um looking back now especially with with the note writing thing I'm so glad I did I mean it wasn't contested as such but looking back at how bonkers that request was like I even I occasionally looked back at the email to be like no no this is correct this is what I'm meant to be doing and um I actually said you know but if he's getting a lower You'd rather me spend a thousand pounds and get six hundred percent ROAS return on ad spend, rather than spending nine hundred pounds and getting eight hundred percent ROAS. Yes. Like, how in anybody's mind is that logical? Unless there's some sort of scenario or situation that I've never come across. In the meeting, did you ask him explicitly for for his logic? Probably not as outright as I should have done, but I was. I'm I'm quite known amongst my friends that I find it very hard to hide my facial expressions. I'll get that out eventually. It's because it's the second gin I'm on. That's why. Uh, <laughs> it's Speaking a bank holiday Rit- in the UK, so I'm allowed. And, and speaking of Britishisms, you're like, uh, obviously the Brits going to be drinking while we talk. <laughs> of course. It's, it's uh, what time is it? 20 to 8 here. So <laughs> I'm allowed. You, what time is it with you now? You, you, you probably have your, your fish and chips uh, to, to, go, to go with it as well. <laughs> I, had, I had fish and chips last night for tea. For dinner. <laughs> you really are British. The rumours are true. Am I that I'm that predictable? <laughs> and gin as well, obviously. Okay, so so so, okay, so one, I I, I like in these uh, in these podcasts learning what you could have or should have done differently, and it seems like one one way you could have improved was uh, was at that point to have pressed him to understand understand the reasoning. I think if your client or your boss wants you to do something that's so insane like like spend accounts at levels that you know aren't profitable that like that's that's so insane it's it's incumbent upon you to to like figure out what's actually really happening yeah definitely I think if I was in a similar situation now I would I would definitely be you know more I'd be perfect I'd be polite but I'd be like, no, this is wrong. I mean, unless you can give me some sort of logical explanation about why this is what needs to happen, tell me, because it just doesn't make any sense from a marketer's point of view. Tell me what your actual thinking is behind this so I can understand if there's something that I'm completely missing. Okay, so so you didn't tell him, but then like what, 
what happened next? So, uh, I mean, I passed this on to the uh, colleague who was, so I was looking after this little team and um, my colleague was explicitly looking after this account. And he was like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I know it is, but as management goes, you know, it, it gets slopy shouldered yeah. on the next person, doesn't it? I said, please do it just to prove a point this month or it's going to be my head. I've got it in writing that that is what they want. So it's not, nothing's gonna be on you. If anything, it's gonna be on me, just please do it. And then I think for whatever, but I think there may have been a bank holiday or something that month. So the industry that it was in naturally quietened off. Right. So I could see with about three weeks into the month, I'm like, oh God, we're not on track to hit the spend. And, I, and even though it, I know it was still bonkers, I wanted to do it to prove, yeah, prove a point, but also just gauge the reaction from the from the, the manager. When I say, look, just because you spend more doesn't automatically mean you're going to be more profitable or make more money. It's, right. it's There's a lot more to that, isn't there? Rather than literally just cranking up the budgets. Because it was a kind of a client where we couldn't, we couldn't make the changes as freely as we would like um, for the product that it was. There was a lot of things that you couldn't say about the product because uh, it was like border on um, like a medical product. So you had to be very careful. So any ad copy or extensions, whatever that we changed had to go for approval. Um, or even if it was, you know, adjusting the budget on a certain product, we did have to get, so that's another flag that we haven't got as much, I understand from like the medical or, you know, things, but I think if it, if it, I was the client, I'd make sure that my marketing execs that were working on the account had almost like a, like a Bible of things that you can and cannot say. But when it got to the fact that there was almost like a level of micromanaging that we didn't so, have the freedom to make it as profitable as we wanted to, that was, that was an I issue see. as well. I see. So this other yellow flag was basically the micromanaging in the sense that every little change you had to get their approval for. Yeah. And had to justify why. You had to justify it too. So that was it. Again, that's probably another case of it was such a legacy client and they'd been so pandered to in the past that they hadn't had somebody saying, look, you're paying us, just pay us to do our jobs. You know, let us prove to you that we can that we can make a good return on this you know and and you know take your company to the next level so that was an, another issue as well and then I think we got to I think that's it we got to the next month and the campaign spent just over one thousand pounds oh no the extra two dollars were spent like <laughs> It was a couple of pounds. It was barely anything. It was barely anything. But I thought, well, we've underspent a couple in the other couple of months as well. And they'd rather spend more. So, you know, if it was like, you know, 40, 50% more that they'd spent, then obviously. Right. But, you know, it was literally pennies. Um, and, you know, I thought it'll be okay. I mean, I'll just take the wrap for it. Well, he went, the manager, who is essentially kind of like the client, on behalf right. of the client absolutely lost his mind because we'd overspent by about um one or two pounds and before not specific to this client we, we had talked about tackling the problem of overspends so we have um for most clients or since then and even up to now if they're very strict on budget i have scripts so if it hits a certain spend it pauses the campaigns um obviously you know you try and manage it as much you know to, to stretch it out payday but worst case scenario if they hit over their absolute upper limit it shuts the campaigns off um and the manager had said to me i do not want a script on this account so i said if i'm pushing the budgets i want that kind of like backstop 
you know, to prevent any sort of, you know, overspend. Because you know what it's like if you were up a campaign budget and it could be trundling and then it will, you know, shoot off because, you know, Google, you know, reckons that it's going to be more profitable and there's, you know, definitely more than 10% than what Google says. Right. Um, just as kind of like, just to cover my back. And again, that was another warning sign that the manager had told me to not follow process which we had in place and agreed for every other single client. Ooh, actually, this is uh, a good warning sign that, ha that uh, hasn't come up in any of the previous ones so far of explicitly asking you to break process. That's like, that's a, that's a huge no-no. Like it's, it's understandable in cases where the company is young and there isn't yet a solidified process, but old client, you've been doing this for a while, there's a protocol. When they say go against a protocol, like either there has to be such an amazing reason or like that's when the yellow flag becomes a red flag. Yeah. And it was very much like my process that I'd put in place, you told me not to do. The whole point of that process has just been proven, you know, this is what happens. Exactly. But also, why are you losing your mind over a couple of pounds? What's, what's also curious about this, and I'm sure soon we'll get to the, the reason why, the reason for us to insist on this, but it's interesting, like all the time and energy you spent on this, like if you look at what whatever salary you were being paid, you're being paid more per hour than the two pounds that were over underpaid. So it's like not even worth an hour of your time on this. But I, I said, if it's that much of an issue, I said, I will pay the yeah. two pounds. And it's probably quite you know sarky of me but but the boss was like oh no you're just being ridiculous I'm like I'm being ridiculous <laughs> you know let's just look back at everything that's happened over the past few months yeah I'm the one that's being ridiculous um and then by the way that's that's another Britishism is quite starky of you I I can guess the definition of that word but today it's a new word that I've learned today. <laughs> See, it's an education for you in the in the world of Britishism. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so I mean, we we got. I say we got past that. It was kind of like a. I got a, uh, a you know a telling off for it, um, and I requested a meeting. I said, look, I said because that one when he when he told me about you know I we talked about the ad spend. It was very much like off the cuff. I was like, we need to sit down here and we need to talk about, you know, what the actual KPIs for this client is because nobody is benefiting from this. We're not because it's becoming unprofitable because of the amount of time and energy that we're spending on it. And also, how is it going to be beneficial for the client? You know, at the end of the day, you know, if they want to make the most money that they can. And if you're so... If I'm there spending my energy in the ad campaign, trying to like work out the budgets and making sure it spends to the penny, which is insane, I'd never do that again. Um, I would just say no <laughs> and, and use the story. It, it, it's incredible how often people don't recognize that time is always a trade-off. Like if like for the couple hours you have to spend on this, if it's really focused on the budget, you'll just have less time and emotional energy to say, okay, how do I like find the best keywords and come up with the best ads? So those will clearly be neglected. I used to, um, at another agency that I, I worked at, we used um, something called, I can't remember the life of me, but the name of it, but it was a tool where basically you logged how long you were spending on a client. And I remember the team going, oh, this is just like Big Brother. And I was like, well, no, actually, because at the end of the month, it does flag oh, I've maybe not spent enough time on them. I'll make sure I'll make up for it next month. Or hang on a minute, here's a red flag. This is completely unprofitable. And then when you take how long you've been working on it, you can work out the maths on, you know, how much you're making, if anything, or if, you know, you're losing out. And, you know, whether you need to up your management fees or, or do something else. So it was a really good... It was a really good tool. I mean, I dread to think if I was logging this client, what the hours would have been on it. But the next month came around um, and the ad, the ad spend um, for this month, I think hit something like 998. 
like it was as close as I could have got it without being um you without know going crazy yeah and it wasn't good enough like I couldn't believe it I it still wasn't good enough. it still wasn't good enough and I was like this is really this is where this manager needed an education in digital marketing because I could create a company that uh, buys clothes and then sells it on, you know, make my own. Do you have um, ASOS in the States or something like, you know? No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like like a, clo- a clothing brand, like ASOS are huge in the UK. Um, I'm just trying to think of what like an American equivalent would be, like Nasty Gal. Girls, oh, girls might know that brand. I know they're really poor. I know the boring brands. It's I know H and M. H and M. There you go. Like an H and M. I don't know why okay. I just went. I didn't go with that example anyway. Why I had to start like go to <laughs> really granular. But it doesn't mean that I I I could start up that business. But it doesn't know that I would mean and I'd know anything about manufacturing clothes. Right. Right. I right. just know how to run a business or start a business. But I wouldn't ever pretend that I know just for my own bravado or just to make myself feel better um I would want to learn and I'd want to and if somebody tried to tell me I'd be like I wouldn't be no I know this I know it better than you because I'm the boss of this company means nothing it means nothing ultimately at the end of the day um and I think so so did so so did you use this as opportunity to give him an education say it's just impossible he he I said, I want to be in the next meeting when the client comes in. I said, and I want to be here. And um, I will make sure I'm in this meeting. If it's not in my invite, I will come into the meeting and introduce myself, you know, and just, you know, sit down. And because I want to actually understand where this client is coming from rather than just hearing it from, you know, secondhand. I want to actually understand what the client's thought process was. So so I. there's this additional risk factor of like the children's game of broken telephone uh, as well. Just like with you not communicating with the client, it's it 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 just adds in this 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 misunderstanding. And I think one of the biggest things in our job as PPC is is not just being absolutely awesome at PPC is communication. I mean, or if you're somebody who is more, more, more data driven and you have somebody who runs a team, but ultimately who have somebody in that team who knows somebody. PPC has to be in that meeting with the client. Absolutely. The, the more steps you are removed and the, 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 the more confusion uh, exactly. always comes. Okay, so you force yourself into the next meeting and... Did you did you attend the next meeting? I do attend the next meeting. And it's sort of like, you know, there's all the niceties, you know, like pussyfooting around each other, you know, you know, talking about things and just business in general. And then we got to sort of like the PPC section. And I was basically like, help me understand what is your ultimate goal for your PPC campaigns? He was like, well, make as much money as possible. Make me a millionaire overnight. If I had a pound for every time I'd heard that phrase, make me a millionaire overnight with PPC. I was like, if I could do that, do you think I'd be working in PPC? No. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in in Morganland, when someone tells me, make me uh, uh, the, the American equivalent of the, of, of the same phrase, to me, that flag itself is a little bit of a warning because it, it, it to me tells them we're a bit naive because you know, you can't make you like unless you win the lottery, like you you can't strategically make a million dollars overnight. It always requires focus, hard work, time, trade-offs, you know, clever, you know, clever strategies. So it's like be be realistic. Okay, but but by the way, the client wanted to make money at least makes more sense than just wanting to spend that his, his ad budget. And what what I had ultimately learned from that meeting was the client had said quite flippantly, but also quite seriously, well, if you spend the money, money you'll get more money. So uh, what I, I think- see. So, I see, so because the, the management fee was like 
5% of the ad spend or something. So, um, so as a result, if they spent, if they spent more, you, you, you get, if you spend two more dollars, you get the 5% of the $2, that extra dime. Exactly. And that's when it clicked. I thought that's it because the client wanted us to prove that we could spend the budget as is. And then if there was room for growth, if there was room for more, if we were missing out on budget, that he would, he was like, well, you know, if you could spend that money and there's room to spend another grand and you keep up the results, then yeah, you, you know, you can have it. Uh, I see, I see. And what oh, okay. happened, what I'd figured out was the, cl- uh, the manager was like dollar signs in his dollar eyes. Signs. He was like, oh my God. So if I can prove that I can spend this money, and, you know, this agreed budget that we cannot go over. If I prove we spend this, he's going to give us more money and I'm going to get more management fee. But he'd lost his mind at the $2 more because obviously he thought the client was going to kick off and he was going to have to reimburse somehow. $2. I'd pay for it, I said. He was worried because it wasn't sort of agreed ad spend. I see. That, that you know he was so overprotective about that because I think ultimately his fear was if somebody ever massively overspent the company which they would be if it's an agreed ad spend is liable to pay for that money and even though it was such a small amount uh, I understand I think even though it was such a small amount he was like oh you know this can't you know so he sort of lay a ton of bricks on me rather than being you know rational about it because he thought well it just shows that he didn't have the respect in me if he obviously thought that I was just going to spend money willy-nilly but that is that's the Britishism is it willy-nilly I, I, I know that one <laughs> <laughs> um so I think he I think if he'd shown me more respect and looked at the track history and the track record he'd see that you know that wasn't a common thing so so yeah him not treating with the respect is similar to the treating like a technician, not a professional. But what's but so but this light bulb that went off is there are a few interesting lessons and and consequences of that. In in intelligence circles, there's a concept called target fixation, which is basically you become so obsessed with some target, you just like forget every everything else that that's actually mattered. So it seems like your manager suffered from this like fixation on, on yeah so and it's 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 interesting because like sometimes people just do get really into like you get some number some goal and it's not it's not necessarily bad and it's really hard to realize when you're becoming too fixated on it I wonder if there in retrospect if there's any strategy that that could be done when people become so fixated on the target in order to bring them back to earth Um, yeah it'd be really interesting to know what that would be because sometimes those people who are so fixated on those issues are the ones who won't make time or can't won't make time to actually learn i'm too busy for this but that's what i want and i'm obsessed with this figure and i will only check in on that number well can i talk to you about no i'm too busy this is what i want it tends to be those kind of people who have those fixations from my experience yeah i agree i'll also point out it's interesting that he that being so fixated on just getting to this one number that he also flipped out earlier in the story when you went two pounds over the budget because that was because i was like oh my god will be responsible uh, for that. And that also shows me that he couldn't, com- not only did he fail in communicating with you, he also failed in communicating with a client because every single client in the entire universe, hey, we went, we went $2 over the budget this month. Can I buy you a cup of coffee instead? Like, like 100% of clients were like, yeah, like no, no, no worries about that. Yeah. So, so, so there's, there's like multi-communication breakdown going on there. Definitely. And I think the manager sort of like presented it as if he was saving me from a bad experience because he painted this client to be like an absolute monster. And it's quite funny because the client was like, 
insanely tall he was like six foot five or something like he was he was so tall and he, he was I think he was a rugby player he was really built so this story of him being so scary kind of like went quite well with his image but when I met him he was an absolute teddy bear you know he was he was so nice and he was so you know ah you know and um, he was one of these people who had, you know, like a really, really small dog. You'd expect him to have like pit bulls on both arms, but no, he had like a chihuahua or something. Um, and he was just such a nice guy. And I'd been blocked from this person that, you know, if you don't do this correctly, we're going to lose the contract. Obviously, now I realised he wanted, he'd been ticking along for so long as a legacy client, but he wanted to really start ramping things up because he'd had investment or whatever. Right. I've been blocked from this person it, made, it was made out to be some sort of absolute horror bag but he was he was amazing and he was like I'm so glad I've met you I want to make sure that you're in all of the meetings because you know I'm really value your input and me smuggy smuggy he was like mm-hmm. <laughs> haha <laughs> another new favorite phrase of mine me smuggy 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 <laughs> um yeah the, i yeah these these are um great lessons when they're it's one of the meta lessons is when they're incompetent people in the middle it just becomes really important to get to to figure out how to get around them to get right right to the the client or the, the person on the front lines yeah, definitely. And I, and I think something that I've learned from this experience and similar other experiences is when I have those initial, I'm now, I mean, I don't work at the same place now, but I'm, yeah. I'm always involved in the meetings. Um, and when I am speaking to the client, if they say something that even just, you know, raises a little flag, I go, okay, stop, let's talk about this. You know, let's, let me understand. Um, just make sure you understand where I'm coming from. And there was a client, just an example, that followed up on this. Um, he only wanted to spend £500 a month. Um, and he said, what do you think I'm going to get back? I mean, I, I think every PPC hates forecasting, especially when there's no data, historical data in the account. So I said, oh, you're probably going to get for that budget, maybe about five or six conversions a month. And he was like, is that it? Like, that's a conversion rate of 4%. Like that's a high, that's quite a high conversion rate. And he, he, he looked horrified and I, and I said, right, let's break it down. And when he realized, he said, oh yeah, actually that is a high percentage of people who are then converting. Well, why don't I give you 1500 pounds and then see if you know you can get some more. Oh, it's like that never happens. Like lights coming down from heaven an angel coming down and <laughs> You know, I was like, you are my favorite client. But because I set his expectations and was realistic and re-educated him that like, I know it sounds low, but also your average order value, if some if one person converts from those six inquiries, that would pay your marketing for the rest of the year. Because he my, um he worked in flooring, like installation. My, my favorite sales tool is uh, is education for for exactly this reason often they don't understand oh if i spend more i can get more yeah exactly you know because you, if you double your budget doesn't always mean you're going to get double the inquiry straight away but it gives you more data that you can learn exactly. from refine exactly. you've got your machine learning well then you know start to learn more it's it's cheesy but you do have to speculate to accumulate you do, totally. especially when there's been no historical data before and you're starting from scratch. I also want to uh, extract another lesson from uh, from the story about boss and the client and, and what happened, which is this is also a good example of how agency incentives are different than the client incentives. Like, like, they, like your company makes more money because you can charge more if more is spent like this. But... That, but it's not in your client's best interest for for you to be obsessing over exactly uh, exactly hitting hitting number. And I think one of the general struggles of any complex and deep personal relationship is, or a professional relationship, is figuring out how to make sure everyone's incentives are fully aligned. Yeah, 
exactly and the irony is of all those months and weeks and days that I was in checking that budget if I hadn't been so in that account and my team member as well in that account it would have been so much more profitable if we were just allowed to do our own thing the amount of time that we spent on it made actually probably after everything that we were it was unprofitable like we're in the negative because of the amount yeah. of time that was that could have been put into the effort of new clients or bringing new clients on board totally. or you know totally. growing other accounts so that's the ironic thing isn't it ironic um yeah it's, uh, this a is a, i know i i was uh, i was uh, humming the Alanis I, could see, I could see you thinking head. about it <laughs> in in a in previous podcasts i would quote forgotten latin poetry but today i'm quoting like cheesy songs from the early 2000s <laughs> amazing it's like it was the best time best time for music i think <laughs> At least best time since the seventies. <laughs> Eight, mm, mm, yeah, go on, yeah. <laughs> um, any uh, great story. I'm happy it ended. Uh, it ended happily. Um, once you uh, got the middleman out of the way, any other lessons that you want to share, or uh, or um, or things things that you've learned from this experience. I think definitely for me is, again, it sounds probably quite cheesy, but know your, you know that you know your stuff. And there's something that one of my bosses, um, when I first got into PPC, always would say to me if I doubted myself was, you know more than the client. You know, don't use that in, a, in you know, in a, as a weapon or an arrogant way, but believe in your, it's so cheesy, but believe in yourself and you, you do know your stuff and don't let anybody who's not a professional try and tell you otherwise, but always learn from your colleagues as well. You know, cause everybody, everybody, especially with something like Google ads and digital marketing, good Lord, you can, you can log into analytics and something's changed and you're like, huh, you know, and you have to Google something. Um, so, you know, just be adaptable and, believe that you know your stuff and be willing to learn from other people and that's that's a good lesson i think um i i like this distinction between being hired as a technician like the guy to follow orders guy or girl to follow orders or the person who you want to give advice and follow and if it's the latter case like you're hired because you know more than the other person if the other person knows more then then, then they would just hire someone to follow orders so Oh wait, I like approaching that that same issue is to be super clear whether whether you're being hired as the expert professional or as the technic as the technician wants to follow orders because often because often the two are linked and especially for something like in digital marketing where we're like if you hire an architect it's less of an issue because oh wait I don't want the building to collapse I trust him but in something like digital marketing everyone has an opinion on what keyword to use, what ad text to use, even if they know nothing about it. Like, like, every, like every, everyone invents, uh, invents ad, ad copy and they think, they think they're the professional. So I've had clients go, oh yeah, yeah, Google ads. That's the thing with the uh, quality score, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me the formula for quality score. Uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. Back in your seat. <laughs> <laughs> these um these are these are um, these are great lessons and i think oh i have an opportunity to bring in some uh some most some mostly forgotten in uh uh early modern poetry i uh reminds me of alexander pope's line in eyes and essay on criticism because oh, little learning is a dangerous thing drink deep or not from the Pierian spring and i always like that like yeah, a little learning is a dangerous thing. So like the sorts of clients or the sorts of bosses, like your boss who knows a little bit, like, you know, it's just enough to uh, to cause damage, but he didn't drink deeply enough from the spring to really understand the subtle details of what happened. Like that's that's the uh, most dangerous, uh, the most dangerous situation of all. 
Definitely. I don't, I don't know if it's a British phrase or if you're like jack of all trades, master of none. Um, is it in the US as well? Oh, it's, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, somebody who runs a digital marketing agency, thinks he knows paid social, thinks he knows SEO, you know, he knows little snippets, but you're not an expert in, in any of them. You just, you know, know the right buzzwords to say every now and then to sort of like make people who don't really know better think that you're a genius. Totally. Totally. And then if you put them in an ad campaign, they'd be like, oh, you know, they'd probably, I don't know, set the maximum bid at like a grand and, you know, a million pound budget and wonder why this given and why they funded Google's next Christmas party. <laughs> exactly. Disaster ensues. Yeah. Um, okay, this was, uh, this was great. Good story. Lo uh, lots of uh, lessons. And um, and, and after a bunch of chatting online, happy to finally, not quite face-to-face -face meet you, but Zoom-to-Zoom -zoom meet you. Nice to Zoom you. <laughs> nice, to, nice, nice to Zoom you. I promise never ever to say that again, because as soon as it came out of my mouth, it just sounded so cringy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in, in that case, we're definitely not going to edit it out. I'm going to keep it in for maximum <laughs> cringe value. Definitely. Go on, I'll let you. <laughs> Hey, the the new world order is here now, so we need to just accept like it's this is the way of the future. Just embrace it, yeah. Just <laughs> you should, luckily you're drinking gin because you need to drink gin in order to embrace this, it. This one now, this isn't this in my very classy Captain Jack Sparrow glass. This is my child's glass. Um, that's not gin now. I'm <laughs> I might leave it because I know the child will be up at the children know they've got this sense so they go mummy's had a gin I'm gonna get up at 5 a.m they know so <laughs> <laughs> the universe works in mysterious ways yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay it was uh, it was it was fun talking and everyone watching who made it to the end I hope you enjoyed it and learned as much as uh, as we did thank you for watching to be continued <laughs>